Carrie's couch. Carrie's couch. Today on Carrie's couch, I have the other half of Drive with Stacy and Jay Spoo. Stacy Melvin, welcome to Carrie's couch. This couch oh. is social distance, just so that everybody knows. The virtual couch. Yes. So Stacey Norman, before we get to the excitement around the drive show and all the things, I know that in case we feel like we know you already, but some of us actually don't really know Stacey Norman. So mm. Stacey, first things first, where was <laughs> Stacey born? When was Stacey born? Okay, uh, Stacey was born in Cape Town and that was back in October of 1987. Siblings, how many? Yes, one time's younger sibling. Her name is Kendall. She's five years younger than I am. She is incredibly smart, like book smart. I'd win in a street fight, but she could probably hit you with the books. Yeah. And Stace, when you grew up, were mom and dad still together? Are they together? Like, what's the vibe there? Uh, mom and dad recently separated, but the weirdest thing is that they're like besties. Really? Since? Yeah, like hardcore besties. They speak three, four times a day. They've obviously met each other's new partners. Everybody gets along like a house on fire. It's like, we're quite a small family, so it's just the four of us and then my grandma and I have two cousins one aunt who lives in like along the garden route somewhere so quite a small family and now with the introduction of mom's man and dad's new lady we almost feel like we have a bigger family which is quite cool so like now I'm claiming that I have a like a brother we all get along quite well and it's like this weird uh, new age Brady Bunch vibe it's strange but it works so Stace I know for a fact that you and your mom and your dad are very tight and I mean for those who don't know Stacey and I actually first encountered each other oh back in 2009 I believe it was back so in the day me, girl. back in the day <laughs> back in the day when we both were working at uh, KFM at the time and Stacey was, was mentoring me you were doing a late nights at that point Stacey is six year old you what did she want to be when she grew up famous I was 100% convinced I was going to be a singer if anyone's actually heard me sing you'll realize that that was never going to happen I just knew that I wanted to be on a stage I mean obviously when you're that age you have no concept of how difficult it is to be in entertainment in general but I, I was convinced that that's what I was going to do like I was going to be on a stage in front of people doing something and at school Stace your personality were you part of the cool kids were you sporty were you picked on were you chunky what were you like at school well in primary school I was the head girl okay I mean, come through of a Catholic school. And then five years later, my sister also would be the head girl. So that was convenient. So I never felt pressure to be anything other than who I was. When you're not in a good space, so when you're maybe feeling threatened or your ego is in the driver's seat, what is like your not so good trait that you're still working on? I was actually saying this to Jay Spoo the other day. We were having a little bit of a chat around toxic traits. Without even hesitating, I said, I'm like incredibly insecure. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that the deep-seated, forever-by-my-side, insecure version of myself runs concurrently with the person who draws other people in. Because for a long time, that external locus of identity is very yeah. real. So if other people go, Stacey, you're amazing, then I believe that I'm amazing. But I can't do that for myself. And that is something that I very often will slip back into where I start to panic. So like any kind of negative review. And that can be somebody being mean or a story or bad feedback back or a WhatsApp that's a little curt or I don't know, people don't yeah. call me back and they say they're going to. And depending on where I'm at 
in my day or what's happening around me that rears its ugly head quite often and I mean I don't think I'll ever be able to fully combat that I think that that's a part of everyone's daily struggle what happens when that does though like are you a crier do you go home and drink a bottle of wine my grandmother's always said to me if it's too much and you can't work it out have a cup of tea go to bed and when you wake up the next morning you will feel better but I definitely do give it energy though I'm a very soft-hearted person underneath all of this like feisty exterior and that's probably half the reason why there is that feisty exterior and that's to protect myself and then when I'm alone I can kind of deal with it in in bits but I I, I break it up into bite-sized pieces so I'll be sad I, I call on the people we talk it out and then I try to put it into context who is it does this person pay my bills that's my favorite because they never do um like no it's no um is it true what is the intention behind it and it is literally like an exercise and then i get a bit quiet and that's just Mm. part of the process i I can't i'm not uh, infallible i'm not a robot um when people are mean they know they're being mean the intention is to be mean and it affects me as it was intended to um so that is yeah so I just wanted to to jump in there. Do you feel that as women, we're almost uh, almost taught to be pitted up against each other? I mean, yeah. as it is to this day, um, when you're on air, someone will be like, oh, I heard you on air today. And I was like, oh, it wasn't me. When Mags was on air, someone would say, oh, it's one of us. Um, it's happened forever. And I can tell you straight up that there was a, a time, especially when we were in Cape Town, where I saw myself up against you, not on the same team as you. Uh, I, I was just wondering, do you think that's something that in, in our business specifically, that as women, we aren't there to go, yes, Tango, where to? Good job, girl. Yes, Carrie, Stacey, amazing. But there's a little part of us that still knows that we're kind of a competition. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not a woman's game. I mean, it's, it never has been. <laughs> I think every industry is like that, actually. And it's uh, one of those things where when there are fewer opportunities, when there are fewer open doors and only three, four women can get through, but you've got 40 men, then clearly there's one coveted spot sort of at the top, if you will, that is allowed to be given to a woman. So naturally the four women in the room are gonna look at each other and then fight to the death to get to that spot. And that is very much part of our narrative. It's very much part of our industry. It's very much part of our life. Um, And it continues every day. Um, And the, I don't know, like, it's, it's all it's all of it. It's the beauty standards. It's who's better with, in our case, clients, whose team is getting along better. How many gigs have you got? How many covers are you on? It's just all these stupid things that I'm telling you now, yeah. Mills, no man in our industry has ever sat down with another man and compared notes like that. They rock up, do things, they get their bags and they get the hell out. Sometimes, shock, horror, disbelief, they become friends and yeah. they have lifelong friendships. Whereas with the women, it's harder. And also I'm, I'm telling you now that this particular industry, as you know, is very much designed so that there is only one space for a, in like in our case, white girl, under 40, um, X kind of lifestyle. You know what I mean? Then there's yeah. another space yeah. for woman of color, under 40, X kind of lifestyle. And that's it. So once that quota has been filled, yeah. there is no more room. And when we were talking about the show initially, this is the first time that there's been a woman on a drive show, on this station anyway, in the yeah. afternoon, who has equal footing 
Yes. Like in, in yes. terms of partnership, mic time and representation. And the thing is, I have no issue with realizing that in a few years, I'm going to have to step down and let somebody else come in. But I will hold that door open for her. And I mean, we were talking about Tundra very briefly. When I got to the station, obviously now for the first time in history, you have two women back to back on the day. Shock, horror, disbelief. I mean, Mills in the morning, Mags in the afternoon and two girls in between. What a wow. Um, but we had a conversation very early on where it was, ain't no one gonna say nothing to us about how we're not supposed to like each other. And I, and that was, it was very kind of like quite pragmatic almost because we've been doing this for so long that we're like, it stops with us. We're gonna shock everybody by actually being friends. She's at my house, I'm at her house, we're hanging out, we're having that same, and it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's not a big deal, but it's shocking to other people that two women who are meant to be in competition can actually get along. So we're not actually, I want to stop you there because as you were talking about this, it, it just reminded me of something and I need to, I need to actually take you back to the voice mm. because uh, I'm sure, you know, Stacey was a presenter on the voice and I, I like what happened there basically because one minute you were there next minute, was it, um, who was the woman that took over on the voice? I can't even remember her name now. Anele, Anele got the, Anele. Got the yes. Anele. Yes. So now, do, do you feel like that was a quota being filled thing? Was your contract cancelled? Did you step out? What happened with Idols? Look, we're grateful that we got you, but what happened there? Um, so we did the first season of the show, it was incredibly successful. And then we did season two and it was Lungile, Khadu and I were the two hosts. But in the first season, I was more kind of behind the scenes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, voice, the voice follows the international format. So when the show started in the States, uh, Carson Daly, I think, hosted yeah. it. And Christina Millian did the V Room, as it was called. So they yes. got Carson's job, I got the Christina Millian job. Great. Season two, they go, actually, maybe we can tweak a little bit. We'd like for you guys to be co-hosts, because also we got along really well. Fabulous. Everyone loved it. And then our plot twist. It's quite expensive to make the show. Like, I don't think people really understand. <laughs> when you see all those sponsorships, like when you see local content that's being produced by local companies, and you're like, why am I sitting through 300 years of promotional nonsense? Without those sponsors, the show can't get made. It costs wow. millions to put on a show like that. And even though season two was incredibly successful, there was a roundtable high executive meeting and they said, we can't bring the show back. So we all had meetings, the coaches, all of us. We knew that that was it. We thought it would be in production for 8,000 years, like Idols is for argument's sake. Yeah. Um, and then that was the end of it. We had a big rap party. Everybody hugged each other and it was done. We knew it wasn't coming back. And then about 18 months later, the director um, of the South African Voice called me into a meeting at Mnet and explained to me that they'd managed to secure the funding to have a season three. And I was like, well, that's amazing. I mean, I, this man basically had to sell his soul. It was, such an, it was such a, even though the voice is something that's so well established for Darren, um, the director, this was such a personal thing for him. It was his first TV gig. Um, and he was so in love with the concept. And it's such a great show, you know? Um, and he said, look, now the format's changed. So what they did was they basically said, if Lungile and Stacey could be one person, who would it be? And Anele was the one. So she did everything. There wasn't anybody behind the scenes. The V room was gone. Um, it, the whole format changed because the show itself 
had moved on. And as part of the licensing agreement, you have to follow the voice Bible. So it was just a whole different show altogether. And as you know, there was a season three and there was never a season four. It's incredibly sure. expensive to make TV. Like, I mean, it's mad. Like the amount of money that it costs to put something, to stage something like that. I mean, every costume, every firework, every glitter bomb, I mean, it's mad. And there are like 50,000 people who work on these productions. Behind the scenes there, it's, it, it was a lot. But it was an amazing thing to be a part of, actually. It was really cool. And your, and, and the, I mean, this is one of the things is that when we found out the truth, we found out the truth, okay, it's, it's not this big, huge deal. But did it affect you at all thinking that maybe people thought Stacey Norman got fired, Stacey Norman's not at 947 anymore, Stacey Norman's career is just, everything at once is ending. And I'm sorry to say it so abruptly like that, and I and I do love you a lot, um, but I'm sure people thought that, and you can't exactly go and or there's no reason for you to explain yourself to everyone. So so was, was there rumblings? Were there rumblings around like, oh, yeah, you know, because you've been on radio since you were like 19. Yeah. No, I mean, so, <laughs> the truth is, I was disappointed, um, but the rules are the rules, and you have to again put it into context and i was like okay cool i mean i would have loved to have gotten that gig and been that person but that's not what's going to happen and it was of course i imagined that this was like the worst thing that could possibly have happened to me for about a day or two and mm. then i realized that this also was not going to be the silver bullet you know what i mean this it wasn't like i was because i'd done it for two years and I'd seen the spin-offs of it. It wasn't as if me going back for a season three was suddenly going to solve all my woes. You know what I mean? And I was no. now going to get completely filled up and it was a gig. It had a run and I was part of the original cast and a specific kind of setting. And then it turned into something else and it didn't allow for me to be a part of it. So like with anything, like with 9472, it was when things change, they change. I mean, sitting there and crying about it and fighting the system is just dumb because there are other opportunities, but you're too busy focusing on the stuff that you don't have. And also like, I 100% allowed myself to go into Egoville and be like, yeah. everyone is talking nonsense about me. I assure you that no one, not one person was like, so what happened? No one. Because not yeah. only did they replace, <laughs> not only did they replace the presenters, they replaced the coaches too. The whole show was new. And that uh, is, and I watched the show. My boyfriend worked on the show. I, I mean, Anele is a former colleague of mine. When we made the announcement about the new drive show, she congratulated me personally. There's no bad blood. It's like, this is, this is the nature of the industry. Things evolve, they change. And of course you allow yourself to feel sorry for yourself, obvs. But I reiterate, this, that show, any one gig in particular, was not going to be the silver bullet um, that was going to save my reputation, which wasn't tarnished. It was a different show. The Voice season three is very different to season one and two. Very different. Well, well Stace, you know what? I just realized that you, we just spoke about Anelia congratulating you on the show. And that's really why I've got you here also. I mean, I could speak to you, to you forever. And for those of you who don't know, Stacey Norman was born and bred Cape Townian. Quite abruptly was moved to Joburg for work. You did yeah. phenomenally well in Joburg. Next thing, you moved to Durban. You've never lived in <laughs> Durban before. And now you are a full-on Durbanite. I remember when you arrived, the Greek saying to me, oh, you must watch it. You must watch your job. 
of it and I said excuse me she wants dry I remember you telling me that how ridiculous though like how ridiculous and you'd be quite open about the fact that ah oh, you're going to be on drive one day and Stacey Norman this is your first week on drive yeah so it has happened I want to just quickly talk about that process of you being asked or told to be on the show did you get to choose who you were going to be co-hosting with did you and Jay Spool get that together and who decided the name because I'm so interested to, just, to see whose name goes first I mean talk about you know self-actualization talk about putting it out into the universe talk about hard work paying off all of the above right and when I relocated to KZN from March of last year when I got my daytime show I was toying with the idea that if I were to hypothetically be on the drive show soon I would want to do it with Jay Spoo I'd heard him on air I really enjoyed him I think he's really talented like his vibe like his energy and that was just something I kind of put out there and when I got the you know when you work in this industry and you get a message from Zane who's our boss can you please come in and see me at 3.30 and I did and he said so we'd like for you to do drive and I was like cool <laughs> very calm cool huh, huh. and he went also I would like to let you know that the show will be a co-hosted show I was like yes I'm finally getting a team he's like and you're gonna be doing the show with Jay Spoo and I was like yes I mean it's perfect perfect so everything that I had put out I got back I mean I might have also mentioned to Zen at some point that Jay Spoo would be like ideal for me yeah. and I mean even talking about it now like it's something that I've waited for for so long and I've worked so hard fall and he gave me the opportunity you know when I left 947 the voice wasn't an option we didn't even know about season 3 I didn't know what I was going to do and the first person I called was Zane wow. and I said um, I don't think I want to do this anymore and he said to me if you change your mind phone me he's like for the record I think that's a terrible idea I think you've got a lot more to offer and I did and like two years after I joined East Coast we got to have this meeting and I just gave him a hug and I said thank you for the opportunity I'm very excited I'm ready I think that that's what it is I've worked really hard. I don't have that weird like imposter syndrome. I feel like I belong. I'm very excited to be able to work with Jay. We get along super well. It looks like a drive show, but for every person who's involved yes. in this project, it's something. You guys special. look amazing. And you guys look like you belong together. I loved Bongani and Mags. I really did. I was very upset when they left. Just seeing the pictures of you and Jay Spoo, I know for a fact this is going to be something huge. I think so too. So stoked. Listen, congratulations again. And congratulations on your first week of... Um, East Coast Drive with Stacy and Jay Spool. And he has to many, many, many more years. Thank you, Mammals. Stay safe.